Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Katie Stowe. And we are here today, the dream team. Laura <laughs> yeah. and Katie are off doing other things and yeah. we're holding down the fort. They let us run riot. We're excited. I feel a little bit naughty, mm-hmm. like when neither of them are here and we're like, we get to do what we yeah. want to do. The mums are away. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids go and play. And today we actually have a really juicy show because Jennifer Lawrence is back. Fresh off a viral red carpet moment and a movie trailer that has everyone talking, she's back making headlines that could be straight out of 2013. But as she prepares for a movie renaissance, we need to discuss if society at large is finally ready to accept J-Law as she is. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So singer Sia announced today that she is on the autism spectrum. Now, while this usually wouldn't classify as breaking news, for those listening to this bill this time two years ago may remember that Sia copped a lot of criticism for her movie, Music. As a quick refresher, the movie was centred around a neurodivergent girl who found solace in music. And while the premise wasn't questioned, the casting definitely was. This was partly because Sia herself, at the time, didn't declare any personal links to the neurodivergent community, and secondly because she cast her muse, Maddie Ziegler, as the lead. Now Maddie, who is best known for being the star in all of Sia's music videos and a not-so-little-known show called Dance Mums, is not on the autism spectrum. And when the trailer and movie dropped, the neurodivergent community were not happy with Maddie's performance playing an autistic girl and accused Sia of playing into stereotypes and sharing damaging images and themes about autism. Now, at the time, Sia tweeted that her heart was in the right place and she did eventually agree to add a trigger warning to the start of the movie. But fast forwarding to today, Sia spoke on Rob Has a Podcast, which is a podcast by a guy called Rob that was on Survivor. Fair enough. Who Everyone knew? has a podcast. <laughs> Everyone does. And here's what Sia had to say. You changed a lot of people's way of relating in the world. And, you know, like, I'm on the spectrum and I'm in recovery and uh, whatever. There's a lot of things. But being in recovery and also knowing about which kind of neuroatypicality you may have or may not have, I think one of the greatest things is that nobody can ever know you and love you when you're filled with secrets and in a shame, like in living in shame. Sia did not comment on her movie in this interview. No, 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 no. Okay, so here's some breaking news from 1993. (laughs) Because today, Kate Beckinsale has clearly been reminiscing about her first time at the Cannes Film Festival for the premiere of Much Ado About Nothing, her film debut, back in 93. That is 30 years ago. And that is a fact I did not want to learn today. (laughs) So following this year's festival, she discovered a photo of herself from that moment and revealed that her co-star, Keanu Reeves, jumped in to help prevent what could have been a ginormous wardrobe malfunction on her first ever Cannes red carpet. 
So she said that she was wearing a bodysuit, which she had purchased at the airport before arriving, and she got into the car to drive to the premiere with none other than Denzel Washington. Obviously. So if you're in your first movie and you're in a car with Denzel going to Cannes, I I imagine that's quite a nerve-wracking experience. And she was wearing a bodysuit, and all the poppers in the Mm. crotch of the bodysuit burst open. Oh, God. And she was in a car with Denzel Washington. She's like, I can't just put my hands down my pants (laughs) to fix this while I'm sitting next to Denzel bloody Washington. And she's like, I did not feel it was appropriate to go delving around in my undercarriage with all of us in the back of the car. So she just quietly sat there and panicked. And then they arrived in Cannes and she walked onto what was the biggest red carpet of her life. And she whispered to good old Keanu Reeves, and her other co-star, Robert Sean Leonard, and told them what had happened. So there is a picture of her, and she's kind of holding the front gusset. I've (laughs) learnt the word gusset today. (laughs) Holding down the gusset of this bodysuit, and the two of them are holding down the back of the gusset. Oh, it was a team effort. So they were kind of cupping her bum, I suppose. (laughs) There's no back photo, so we can't actually see, but she said they were absolute legends because they would not have understood, one, what a bodysuit was, Mm -mm. two... Or a gusset. What a gusset (laughs) is, and three, like, what the hell are the physics of this? Why do I have to cup your ass? But they did it, no questions asked. And, you know, everyone is frothing this story because, you know, Keanu Reeves is just renowned for being the nicest man in Hollywood. And I love this story because you can just imagine a man who has absolutely no clue what is going on, but just being like, okay, tell me what to do. Like, how could I help? I love him and I love that he always seems to inspire these kinds of stories, right? Really, really lovely stories. But I also can't help just to put a negative spin on it and say, God, the bar is on the goddamn floor for me. It's in the gusset. The bar is in the gusset. (laughs) We love Keanu Reeves. So happy that he's here on this earth doing nice things for people. But yeah, like the fact that this is breaking news (laughs) 30 years after the fact and everyone's like, wow, Keanu, slow clap for him. What a a champion. It's the bar is so low. Yeah, like the stories that come out about Keanu are, you know, that he is just a genuinely lovely and genuine man. He's kind to his co-workers. He's helping a young woman avoid a really embarrassing wardrobe malfunction on a red carpet. He's kind to fans. And that is amazing. And I love that. But I don't think that it should be the kind of thing that we're applauding someone over. Should that not just be... Like, why is that an anomaly? Yeah, true. And also, as a side note... Why didn't she ask Denzel? <laughs> I just think you, you can't ask Denzel Washington to hold your gusset. I was like, we're now like categorising these Hollywood men like, Denzel, no, he's not going to help you with your wardrobe. I found Keanu, yeah, he'll get right in there. I honestly think he would have helped, but you just, you can't ask Denzel Washington. He is far too much of just like one of those godlike movie stars. Mm, true. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au.
We are entering the second coming of Jennifer Lawrence. Not to make her sound like Jesus, or maybe (laughs) to make her sound like Jesus, you know, either way. She's back in a big way. A few days ago, the second trailer for her upcoming comedy, No Hard Feelings, was released. And the movie is getting a lot of chatter online because it just seems kind of crass and wild and sort of a return to those outlandish comedies that we had sort of 2000s, early 2010s. Around the same time, Lawrence appeared on the red carpet for Bread and Roses, a documentary about the lives of women living under the Taliban in Afghanistan, which she and her production company produced. While walking the red carpet, Lawrence lifted up her crimson red Dior gown to reveal black thongs. I want to call them jandals. You probably want to call them flip-flops. Everyone knows what (laughs) we mean. And this made headlines less so for the fact that it seemed like a conscious protest against Khan's very archaic no flats on the red carpet rule and more so because it hinted at old J-Law, I think. The thing is, though, old J-Law was essentially run out of town. There was a time when we really did not want old J-Law. And I say we, I just mean society at large, that, you know, peer scaled society. So for context, after starring in The Hunger Games in 2012, Jennifer Lawrence very quickly became the it girl, right? She was so cool. Everyone loved her. Like, men were obsessed with her. Women were obsessed with her. She was funny in interviews. There's that really... She wasn't that, like, scary it girl. Like, Mm. she wasn't a Sienna Miller, like, I'm so edgy, fashionable, unattainable it girl. It's like, I want to have a sleepover with this it girl kind of vibe. I feel like she's the kind of person you would want to go to a bar with. Oh, yeah. She You're doing shots with her. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, she was constantly going viral for really relatable things. There was her fangirling over Jack Nicholson on the red mm. carpet. All your movies. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Do I look like a new girl, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is he still here? I'll be waiting. Oh, my God. <laughs> She tripped over not once, but twice. Actually, I think that second trip may have actually been her downfall. We'll get the to metaphor. That. <laughs> exactly. But her whole vibe was cool, relatable girl that you wanted to hang out with. And people thought it was super authentic. And then, like I said, she fell over for a second time at the Oscars and everyone was like, oh, I think she's making this up. It's a strategic fall. This is calculated. And the public consciousness very quickly changed. It was suddenly that she was trying too hard and she was cringy and she was not like the other girls. And we had really switched sort of like the cool girl became the not like the other girls girl. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't like that because we thought, you know, that is not for women. She also got caught up in Me Too because of her proximity to Harvey Weinstein. And even though she publicly disavowed him, she was kind of seen as outside of the sisterhood that was going on in Hollywood in that time. And so she very quietly sort of retreated from the spotlight. And we didn't see her for a few years. Yeah, it was like over five years that we haven't seen her on a red carpet circuit, big promo kind of vibes. Yeah, a really long time. And in that time, she got married and she became a mother. And she's returned over the last, I want to say, 18 months with, you know, a few interviews. She did a Vogue cover. She's made a couple of appearances. She had a baby. Yeah. (laughs) And this is her gearing up for a really, really big return. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's something building. Like there's been those, obviously the flip-flop. I feel like there's gentle nods to Mm. old J-Law and rebuilding, but in a way that's not so suffocating. So I feel like that was the feedback of the internet (laughs) with her at the time was that she was everywhere, as it always is with all women, right? Mm. They're everywhere all at once. And then suddenly everyone's overwhelmed by their presence and they've got too much exposure and too much publicity, even if they're not driving it themselves. So I feel like it's a very curated plan of her return 
And I'm excited. Like, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I know oh, it's probably, yeah. like, uncool to say, but I think... No, I don't think it is. I think, <laughs> like, as a society, we went through a phase where we were really hard on people. Mm-hmm. And I think we're slowly coming out of that where we can be like, they've done some things, they've been a little bit annoying, maybe they... And I don't even think she really did anything wrong. She just existed and we decided we didn't like the way that she existed. But I think we can now sort of acknowledge that people are a little bit more fluid. Yes, and more than just one-dimensional. Like yeah. people can be funny in movies, funny in interviews, serious in movies, have some questionable affairs with directors. Like all of those things are fine. Well, yeah, because my personal theory is that what harmed her the most, besides the fact that, you know, society loves nothing more than building a woman up and then like tossing her off the podium, I think it was that there was a disconnect between Jennifer Lawrence, the unserious person that we saw in interviews and on red carpets, and Jennifer Lawrence, the serious Oscar-winning mm-hmm. actress, I think that at the time, this was sort of, you know, 2013, 2014 into 2015, we still considered women somewhat one-dimensional. You had to fit in one particular box, and it was very hard to be seen as multiple things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like leading ladies played themselves on screen. Yeah, <laughs> So true. So true. (laughs) And we couldn't really reconcile that she could swear like a sailor and, you know, like flip the bird at cameras while also holding an Oscar and like take her shoes off and talk shows and sit on the couch with her feet, which no one should ever do that. But whatever. (laughs) It's a personal preference from Chelsea. (laughs) Just just no feet ever. She can do all of that and still be worthy of the same respect that those more sort of like traditionally poised, demure, serious actresses Mm-hmm. had, just inherently had, because that was the way we expected them to act. Yeah, completely. And I think that in old J-Law time, I feel like we've got like two... <laughs> Are we talking two- about 2014? <laughs> it's so depressing. I feel like because of that disconnect of her on screen and like professional life and her personal kind of being and warmth, we didn't know how to categorise that because I feel like that was just coming out of that era of traditional Hollywood movie stars, like an Angelina Jolie equivalent, she never shared Mm. anything herself. And I think it's that like Jayla was kind of like straddling a world of influences and movie stars and she sort of fell. She was on the top of that for a while and then the world was like, oh, no, no, we don't really know how to categorise you. Uh, Down you go. (laughs) That's a really good point. She was sort of like media personality slash like tabloid Mm favourite first, actor second. Yeah. And I think she's said in interviews like sort of as she's coming back into the public sphere that she she felt like that and she really doesn't want to do that again. She wants it to be like acting first, human second. Yeah. Which I think is interesting given that she's clearly been burnt before and she's not willing to do that again. But I'm wondering, like, are we, again, as a society, in a place where we can recognise that she can swear and also, like, she can be crass and clumsy and normal <laughs> and also highbrow and political and intelligent? Are we there yet? I fucking hope so. <laughs> I'm like, guys, when are we going to get there? Need, this is your PSA. Everybody get there now. No, I think that things are swaying in that direction a little bit more as we've had more exposure to different types of characters where we've seen more sides of their lives. So I feel like there's movement there and I feel and I hope and I pray that society will be kinder to the likes of Jennifer Lawrence on her return because that's a pretty brave move from her to make this like – second coming, right? Like, I'm sure she has enough money that she could hide away in a Hunger Games-themed mansion for (laughs) the rest of her days, but she's making this return because she obviously cares about her craft and she wants to do it all. And I hope that we are in a better place as a world. (laughs) 
to welcome her back in. <laughs> like, do better, world. I think the way in which she's doing it is really interesting because she's coming back in this completely, like, crass comedy that mm. people have thoughts over whether it's problematic. And the premise of it is problematic. A bit dodgy. But yeah. I feel like we're at the point where we can acknowledge that we're okay with satire now. I feel like for a time we were like, oh, there's a line. You can't cross the line. Now you can cross the line if you're doing it purposefully. Mm-hmm. And so I'm here for Jennifer Lawrence swearing in a movie and being ridiculous in a movie. And I hope that continues on red carpets. I'm here for it. Yeah, just keep wearing your flip-flops, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And thank you, Katie, for joining me. Oh, Laura and Key, fingers crossed, will be back tomorrow. This episode of The Spill was produced by Gia Moylan with assistant production by Tali Blackman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. See ya. Bye. <laughs>